You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. A week with a gutsy win, a disappointing loss, and another injury for Ryan Ellis. What does it all mean for the Philadelphia Flyers? Let's talk about it all right now. This is the Orange and Back Check Podcast with Bill Kornfeld and Scott Weinhardt. What is going on, everybody? It is episode 92 of Orange and Back Check. So glad you are with us. A guy that, hey, that's my guy. Across from me, as always, that's my guy, Scott Weinhardt. What's going on, brother? Where, where, where are you getting this from? That's my guy. You didn't see this? Wait, you didn't see what? Kevin Hayes and Keith Yandel have the reunion of his, of the century? Oh, yeah. yeah. In, in, in Carolina or in <laughs> I, Dallas? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. I know how tight they are. So I was thinking, I don't know why I was thinking that Eagles game yesterday. What? What's that movie it's from? That's my guy. That's my guy. You're my bo- well, I think of You're My Boy Blue. Yeah, maybe I'm getting my, 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 my mind crossed here a little bit. Yeah, definitely. What okay, a great cool. opening of the show. I just yeah. brought it in and <laughs> low energy. Like, what the hell are you talking about? That's right. <laughs> I mean, this was an interesting. This was a, a, a an up and down week for sure. I mean, uh, I, I think the first game that was. It obviously was at home in Toronto, but I, I, the story was the last two games of it with Toronto, where the with Carolina and Dallas, because it, you're coming off a weird back to back. You're traveling down to Dallas, and I mean the Carolina win. They went. They only had one loss going into that game. You're down one nothing going into the third. They had only given up three goals in the first eleven games in the third period. The Carolina Hurricanes going into that game on Friday night. Then they drop two against, or they give up two, including the game winner to to a fourth liner and and Zach McEwen, who now has finally has a, a point on the board and not only a goal but a game winning goal. Uh, that's probably their best win of the season, I think. Would would you not agree? It's one of those games where you need to bag points in. It, it's a yeah. game that was ugly, and I wouldn't say it's really was ugly. It's one of those games where you got good goaltending at both ends. Carter Hart probably, I would say. If you put a game list in front of me of his top 10 games of his career, that was one of them. I mean, stopped 39 shots, like, you know, and he stopped all but one. I mean, that's a pretty solid, it's a pretty solid game out of him. Um, Freddie Anderson, I've always had a knock on Freddie Anderson. I just feel like he gives up a bad goal at bad times. He kind of did that in that game a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, um, the the Zach McEwen goal was a deflection kind of, that he yeah, had no business up and with. down. Yeah, but like, he was solid. He was. They yep. were both really solid. And you know, sometimes people look at the score and say, "Man, the the offense isn't quite clicking." 
I look at a game like that and say, that's a goaltending duel that had a really lot of good chances and get people on the edge of their seats. Sometimes those games are actually more fun when they're like two, one, because you know, the next goal is so huge. Yeah. You're on your edge of the seat. You're on your edge of your seat. Exactly. It almost feels similar to a playoff game, not with the same intensity, but with that same heart palpitating uh, uh, feeling that, that we get as fans that I always like, it's a, it's a nice thing to have, especially because, we're 13 games into the season now uh, uh, after the loss against Dallas, which I, I, the loss against Dallas, you kind of just look at it and you say, yeah, I think they could have at least get, g- scrapped a point out of that, especially because uh, you ha- had the game in hand after going to, uh, making it a 2-1 game, then immediately giving up that goal because that's where this fourth line does struggle, I think, and that's why people are starting to have – I do have a hard time buying into it. They were on the ice immediately after the JVR goal, and I don't know. There was just one of those feelings where the game could have come – you could have come away with at least three points out of this, and then you kind of let it slip away. Not slip away, but like it was just one of those – it's not – it's not a loss that I'm going to come back to at the end of the season, say you had to have won that game, but it sure would have come nice to at least come away with a point there. That that's how I looked at it. Well, the way I look at the Dallas game is simple. It's, you know, I said it last week, if they come out and get a point against Carolina or win that game, like, you know, that's going to give them a good jump. But if they had lost to Carolina, that would have been a different game in Dallas. I I don't think the flyers played poorly. I thought they came out strong in the first period. They put up, they put up 20 shots on Anton Kudobin. I think 19 or 20 shots. He stood on his head. Like, you know, don't forget Kudobin just took this team to a Stanley Cup final. He carried them to a Stanley Cup final just a season and a half, uh, two seasons ago. So it's not like that. They were going against a team that's bad. They're just they have they're a little off to a slow start. They were four six. six I didn't know, but, it, it, but is it, it? They're not a good team, Dallas. Like they that was a winnable game, but I think it's more because of the travel schedule. It's one of those you look at and you say, "Oh, this is kind of a scheduled loss," especially because yeah. they ultimately won in Carolina, which was a hell of a win. Uh, that's going to be an interesting re, re uh, a rematch in a couple of weeks here when they come to Philly on. I guess I think it's on Black Friday that they played yeah. Carolina again. Um, it's one of those, I don't know. It, it's, it's just, you look at it and say, it's a scheduled loss. Uh, Kudobin really? is, but it is because you, because you're coming off the high. It's one of those, you always look at it and you say it, if they win it great, but they, I wouldn't be shocked if they just lost this and laid an egg. And they kind of did because for, because they're not getting the problem I'm seeing with the offense isn't, the amount of, I guess, chances like they have their decent chances, especially on Friday or excuse me, Saturday night in Dallas. But in Toronto, they had 39 shots, but nothing and is feeling high quality. They, the, the problem has always been they don't create enough shots. We had that conversation last year when uh, when uh, Voracek was on the team. He passes, he doesn't shoot. Now you have shooters, which is good, and they're doing it, but. They're not, it doesn't feel like high quality chances. They're going for quantity over, or excuse me, quality over quantity. And that is, seems to not be the problem right now with the offense. It seems. I, I don't know. I, look, I go back to Dallas. Yes. I, I know you're talking about with like a scheduled loss. I don't necessarily agree with it. It's a tough schedule. It's a, you're, you're on the road in Carolina. Then you got to hop on a plane right after a game. That yes. you really had to dig and claw to win, go to Dallas. For, and go against a team that was rested for four days. 
a team that didn't have their legs in the first period. The Flyers came at them. And when the Flyers couldn't get up on the scoreboard, Dallas got their legs underneath them and took advantage of a team that basically just used all its gas in the first period. Now they climbed back a little bit, but it just wasn't enough. And ridiculous how that goal with like, Zach McEwen should have had a goal there with like a minute left when they mm-hmm. blew the whistle when the puck was. Yeah, I mean that's a problem yeah. that is that is starting to rise. I mean it's always been in a problem in the NHL: quick whistles, short whistles, whatever you want to call it. Um, I, I don't think there's a real solution to it though, right? It's just well, kinda, once the referee sadly, loses part of the, the puck, once the referee loses sight of the puck, it's done. The play's dead. Right? It doesn't matter. You mean you know that's why like when goalie catches it in his glove, he closes his hand. You can't see the puck. You know where it's at, but you can't see it. If you can't right. see it. Whoop! Whistle blown dead. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I look at like it's for the Toronto loss, which we haven't really talked about too much yet, was was and this is where you start to see the problems to go back what you're talking about with the offense. It's not like they didn't play well against Toronto. They put a lot of shots up against Jack Campbell. And I don't think it's anything high quality. It's that teams, what they're doing is they they kind of figured out the Flyers a little bit. And this is where the Flyers need to adjust, and this is where their offense is why it's not really like a I'm not gonna dog it. It's just right now they just need to kind of we keep working out the kinks. They got Kevin Hayes back now. That'll be helpful. But what the Flyers have been doing is that you I've seen a lot more cross-size passes this year. Yes, they still dump it in. They still that, that generate a four check, but they try really for those cross plays in front. When teams box out and basically create a box inside the circles and then collapse to the net where they condense that thing, that middle just clogs up shut. So you have one guy playing the shooter and then one guy playing the shooting lane. If you're going for that cross ice every time, unless you're sneaky about it, they're going to pick it off and go off the other way, and that's exactly what Toronto did. Carolina did the same thing, but the Flyers actually sustained pressure in the zone, but they couldn't generate offense because Carolina was beaten to the puck and winning the board battles. So Carolina is very responsible in that area. Not the Flyers weren't doing it. They had to outwork them to generate those chances. I wound up getting goals off the rush. So what they're doing right now is that they're trying to set up – it's kind of like where they were in 2019, 2020. Like right around this time too, they started slumping as well. You know, they just – it's not – the puck's not going in right now because they're trying to do a little too much. They're not trying to keep their game simple. They're trying to force it to the net to get it to the net, which is great. But if there isn't a lane there, it's like when people yell shoot on the power play when they're at the game. It's like there's no shooting lane or passing lane, and you're forcing it there. Nothing's going to happen out of it. You're going to get boring hockey where teams are going to pick it off and go the other way. And you also started to see in-game adjustments, especially in Dallas when they're down, I, I guess at the time it was 4-2 or 4-1 or 5-1 or whatever it was. Um, they started to taking in abandoning the dump and chase method of trying to create offensive chances, and they went in with controlled entry. Yes. And that's exactly, I think, what uh, they need to start doing a little bit more. And hopefully that's a trend that we're going to start seeing against Calgary on Tuesday night. Uh, with the in, in Hall of Fame induction of Paul Holmgren and Rick Tockett, uh, and then going forward, because this this schedule is absolutely brutal. I mean, th- there's nothing. There's it's a shame that they lost Ryan Ellis, which we'll get into here in a second uh, on what that means and what they should do with it with that injury, whatever it is, because we're we're obviously swore we're shattered away from secrecy of, of hockey injuries, so we have no idea what's really wrong. I understood that either. Just tell yeah. us the damn injury. Everybody knows he's hurt. Just tell us the injury. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. But and every so, other sport does it. Yeah, exactly. But it's one of those things with hockey. But I digress. Like, it's just it, this this team needs to go with these 
it seems like they need to abandon the dump and trace, not completely, but just for a time because it's not working. Like you're scoring two goals and albeit you're getting wins, especially a nice win in Carolina, but two goals in today's NHL, a game is not going to get you a win for the majority. And it's not, it's going to hurt you come playoff time, especially well, they're to not get into the playoffs. I mean, and, and I get it what you're saying, but I don't forget too. It's not like they're, 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 we're talking about this team. Like they're in the doghouse. Like they're, we they're, do, they're, and I, I don't want to. They're, yeah, <laughs> they're they're seven, four, and two. I mean, that's a. Pretty I think they're a wild card record. right now, right? Uh, well, it, they're in fifth in the East and in the uh, in the uh, in the fifth in the division. But I mean, they could be a wild card right now. See, the way they'd be Rangers, they'd be no. They're just outside. Yeah, they're they're just two, outside. They're, they're one point out. out. They're one like, point out. So yeah. like, they're, they're right there in their neck of it. The problem is they're in the toughest division in the NHL by a long yep. shot. It's not even close. So nope. having a seven, four and two record is good. They're on a hundred point place. This team could get a hundred points and maybe not even make the playoffs. That's how tough this division is. Yep. But this is what people are missing. Like you talk about like the slump as far as dumping and chasing, you, you have to mix it up a little bit. You're right, but they do. The only thing is, is that it depends. You have to really kind of read and react to it and where you're going with it. Because if you're, if two guys are meeting you at the blue line, you're not going to skate around them. What's going to happen is you're going to lose possession. Unless you're Connor McDavid. Yeah. Well, yeah. And you can go (laughs) four guys like he did with the Rangers, which is one of the sickest goals I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. But you talk about a team like the Flyers. They're not fast enough to be able to just be able to get their chances off the rush. They can counter the other way if they play responsible defensively and play kind of boring style hockey, which is not exactly what really they're doing right now. But the offense isn't really quite there because you always work on your defense first. Like you look at a player's development, you need to work mm-hmm. on the defensive side to make sure pucks don't get in your net. Well, like, you like, score one or two, then you're good. Yeah, and to that point, like the the things that we're not complaining about, which we have, especially last season with Carter Hart struggles and and obviously with the defense, like we're not complaining about the the goaltending or the defense of this team. Like what we're, what the problem of this team is something that hasn't really been an issue consistently in a in a in a long long-term manner is the offense so like yes we're talking about the slump that they're having but again I, we don't want to sound like we're sounding like the sky is falling because it's not because again they're seven four and two the offense is gonna go through these ebbs and flows of the season and I expect them to get back to it like the goaltending is spinning on its head between Carter and, and Martin, Carter Hart and Martin Jones. The defense is playing r- really well. You still got the wrist in and Sandheim line is looking better and better each week, yeah, each day, each up, game, yeah. which is nice. So it's not like we're talking about something that we know is unfixable at the time. We knew about two months in, three months in, four months in at the latest Carter Hart was not getting his stuff together last season. It was just kind of, this is what he's dealing with and you have to fight with it. You have to roll with it and you couldn't this season. It's the offense that's struggling. And you know that they have the capability with Mike Yo and if Elaine Van Yo being able to anchor this team to figure it out, I, you just have, you have all the trust in the world that they'll, they'll figure it out. That's, that's the point of this. That's the thing that we're dealing with differently this season compared to seasons past. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. Sometimes it takes time to gel together. Like you, everybody wants this team to be a team that that's responsible defensively to be like the lightning or be like, the I was going to say, they wanted, they, we want some fans. Lightning. You're not the lightning yep. aren't that good right now. They're, I mean, they're, they're seven, three and three, but they're, their goal scoring and goal allowed differential is zero. 
All right. Yeah. The Flyers, Flyers are plus two. Okay. The Rangers have five more points than the Flyers, albeit two more games played. And they're a minus one goal differential. They've, they've scored 42 and given up 43 in 15 games. So, yeah. like, you can play that wide open style. But the problem is, is that who suffers in that wide open style? Your defense and your goaltending. And right now, the most responsible thing is you need is that right now, and so your offense figures out the kinks, you need your defense and goaltending to play responsibly because your goaltender is going to be getting you the points right now. Yep. And that's actually a really, and really that's why you won in Carolina. You only yeah, won, you won in Carolina go because Carter Hart just absolutely spun on his head. He gave post, him a chance to win. Is is putting up? I think he's he's close, if not at nine thirty right now in terms of save percentage. We're not, and I I think I said it last week, or maybe I said it They're on both at nine thirty one right now. I mean, we're talking about. Uh, <laughs> we were asking Carter Hart to get back to nineteen twenty, Carter Hart. He's better than 1920 right now. And that yeah. is saying something. Yeah. Someone said, I think it was Jason Martinez of, of, of the Flyers. He clearly worked on his lower body core or on his lower body and his core, core strength. And it's it's doing wonders for this kid. And that is a strong sign. By the way, shout out to that photo that the Flyers posted after the Carolina win with Carter Hart in the starter jacket. That's yeah. the thing that they're doing this year with Risto. Yeah. Risto uh, had one a couple weeks ago. I think last week, Carter Hart trying to do his own thing with it. I, I love it. That That's that, the kind of stuff that bonds a team together. You're yep. saying it's going to take time for this team to gel. Uh, but come December, this December is going to be an interesting, uh, really a litmus test on how well they gel together. Yeah, and I want to go back to what you said about Carter Hart, too, about working on his core strength and lower body. Remember I said in the preseason, he just had more pop, more explosiveness about it. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. don't forget, too, he's 23 years old now. Like, he's also, like, you know, as he, he's a grown-ass man, like, almost. So, like, that's the key is that developing that strength in that core just made him better overall. Oh, your goaltender, it's all core. You don't have core and lower body strength. You got nothing. Everything, you use everything for your core. So, um, listen – you're you need your goaltenders to be on top of their game right now i don't i'm not a fortune teller i don't know when the offense is going to come out of this dry spell it's not like the slump it's not like their offense is bad but they go through dry spells when you look yeah, you back just, in their you, history they go through dry spells this time of year it just it happens yep. you get the the excitement from the beginning of the season off and let's not forget too like kevin hayes has been out and ryan ellis was out for a while came back for a game now he's going to be out for an extended period of time so that's a major major part of your offense you may not believe it uh, oh, like a, one guy here, one center, and then one defenseman. But yes, when those guys are point drivers and point producers, yeah. that's a major, major thing of so, what you're trying to do on offense. So let's talk about Ryan Ellis and what they need to do with him. I mean, it, it's it, the good thing is that yet the, you have Kevin Hayes back. So you have half of what you were missing in Ryan Ellis and Kevin Hayes back, con- hopefully consistently knock on wood, because obviously you never know what's going to happen down the line. Mm-hmm. Um if they think that and it sounds like as they described on their Twitter page today uh, after AV's uh, press conference with the with the media, if he re-injured whatever's ailing him, whether it's a soft tissue injury uh, in the groin, the knee, lower body, whatever it is, just shut this guy down. Yep. Put him on LTIR. Yep. Let him rest up because you you. Yes, it hurts that Ryan Ellis's offense production is not there. However, if Kevin Hayes is healthy. Now we don't know what he is. He's not at a hundred percent. It's unfair to call him a hundred at a hundred percent. It's completely insane. But he's all, he started right out on the second line. I don't know if you noticed that he started right at yep. where he uh, should be. Yep. yep. And that's and that is a good sign for how they see saw him in practice in preparation. So 
if Kevin Hayes is healthy and able to anchor that second line or center that second line, Ellis can be put on the LTIR without your too much detriment, hopefully. Now, the hope is that Kevin Hayes makes up for that offensive lack uh, lack of offense production that you have. So you can you can sacrifice putting Ellis on the LTIR and let him get healthy and hopefully come late January, whatever it takes. Like, just let him sit out as long as he has to because you're going to need him at 100% if this team makes the playoffs, and we both anticipate that to happen. Yeah, I agree. Listen, injuries happen, obviously. They happen yeah. all the time. It really sucks that it's a glaring hole in one of your top defensemen. But you know what? You're going to have to prepare for this, not just fit like in lineup change-wise, but you have to f- prepare for this mentally because injuries happen. Yeah, anybody can go down at any time. Yep. This is a good litmus test for this team to, for how much depth that Chuck Fletcher added. So if the team players can come in and they can they – can, you don't expect them to blow the – blow everything out of the water, but they can keep the ship afloat. Then that, that's just a positive sign on its own. Like Nate Sealer, like, yes, he's been up and down. Nate Sealer's had his problems, but there's a reason Nate Sealer is a seventh defenseman. Okay. We're not expecting him to be Ryan Ellis. We were need Ryan Ellis to be Ryan Ellis, yep. but also, you need I also healthy Ryan Ellis. Would you also, I mean, I know it's obviously a different position because Kevin Hayes is now back and Ellis is a defenseman. Like what? I don't. I haven't heard much of what's going on with Morgan Frost down in the AHL. Like, are we? Are they going to bring him up? Or like, is he just battling himself back because he played so un? He so was so unprepared for this season. It seemed in terms of uh, conditioning that he just got to kind of fight with it because that would probably be the next step if he was performing in the AHL and the offense was still struggling. I don't think that that's going to be happening soon as people think. Mm-hmm. Now, according to Bill Meltzer said on Twitter um, about, uh, I want to say roughly two weeks ago that he was watching the game there and Frost just wasn't doing enough down there either. He just wasn't not doing enough. Now, again, not to say he's a bust, like we're not going that far yet, but he's still got things he's got to work. Certainly not a good sign though. If he's not busting his butt or is it busting, not busting his butt not or is he skating just... as hard as he should? Be. Yeah. I mean, and you got to wonder, you got to wonder if any of it's mental. And, and what yeah. I mean by that is that is he still like, from his injury before, like, is he still like harboring that? Is this in the back of his mind? That, that, sort of that was a shoulder. Was yeah, that the shoulder? Okay. A hit all yeah. that stuff. So like, you got to wonder if that's part of it. If he's still not like, yes, he's come in, but he's not doing what he needs to do as of yet. You right. know, probably needs that little kick in the gear and he'll probably stay down there for a while. But you know what? Like, I'll say this. The Flyers listen to this show. They have to, because Two or three weeks ago, we gave a recommendation that they should wave Nick Obey Kubel yes. and then go ahead and keep Derek Rosario. And that's exactly what they did this week. So I like the fact that they waved Obey Kubel. Listen, he was good for a while here, but he really, his game really took a step back. And that's not to say he's a bad player, but he wasn't doing enough on this team. Derek Broussard has come in here and done an extremely good job. I mean, you know, in 13 games, he's got seven points. For a guy who was basically out on the fringe of being out of the NHL last season, uh, that's a pretty solid thing to come in here. So that's quite the upgrade for them. Uh, it's good too, because you have a guy like Broussard, like Hayes, like Yandel. They've all played under Vigneault before and know what to expect out of him and know what to expect out of Vigneault's system. So that's a really good thing that they did by getting rid of a guy who wasn't contributing and keeping a guy like Broussard around who's actually contributing to the team in an offensive way. And he's getting some pretty good minutes. I mean, he's, he's logging almost 14 minutes a game, which is, She's pretty good. So that's, that's, uh, that's not terrible. So um, 
I, I, I like that move that they did that week. All due respect to Nick Kubel. I hope you get well, a rebound and get another chance somewhere else. But, I mean, that's just a good, good move to keep the veteran up there. And, and you the you keep the veteran. And the problem that we saw, and we talked about it a couple times over the course of this early season, like it just seemed like Obey Kubel had taken a serious step back in terms of his quality of play. Not it, just like he was taking dumb penalties. You had right. the knee on knee hit, I right. think, in Edmonton, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was that week and he got fined for that. So he just seemed all over the place and not disciplined enough. So as soon as you saw that he he was uh, that kept you heard that Kevin Hayes was probably making a pushback. You saw uh, AV had some fun and he said that he was going around uh, to players and not AV. But for some reason, not a vague that he was pushing to come back on Saturday. So when you saw Obey Kubel put up on waivers, it wasn't like a, a shock. That they were like, uh, okay, well, I guess this guy's going back down too. Especially because you had to keep Broussard up on the line because there was a chance that Ilbe Kubel could have cleared. Now, obviously, uh, the Colorado Avalanche claim event ended up taking him. There was no chance a guy like Broussard was going to clear waivers. Someone was going to pick him up because oh, yeah, of how yeah, well yeah. he was going to be playing. Yeah, yeah. So Obey Kubel was the guy on the outside looking in, and it just made sense. It just made sense to to cut ties with Obey Kubel to this extent. And if you had to keep him, great. Hopefully, he gets his his stuff back and when he's down in Lehigh. Uh, but obviously that's not going to be happening because he's now in Colorado and there's a reunion, right. I guess, December 6th, I think is when they play Colorado yeah, here at home. So Obey Kubel comeback game. Oh yeah. Sure well, they have a tribute the video. Well, the <laughs> Wells Fargo center will put a nice, thank you all Bay yeah. for the knee on knee. Yeah. Hit. Yeah. Yeah. But thank you for the power play goal and the knee on knee. And yeah. then pew to the pan to him right in the, uh, in the press box. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's funny. In the press box. Very yep. good. Yeah. That's the truth. That's what I mean. No, like all due respect to the guy. He's at a high level. You know, it, it takes a lot to get there. It's a shame. It didn't work out here. Um, but you know what? Listen, that sometimes the veterans are better. They just, they just are, they know what to do. So uh, yeah. that's the key thing. Yeah. Is, and, but let's talk about this week. Cause this week's big. Huge week. I, I mean, yeah, yeah, starting right away on Tuesday night, Hall of Fame night for Rick Tockett and, and Paul Holmgren against Calgary. You're looking, you have that sour taste in your mouth like, after you losing four nothing to Calgary in Calgary. So, I mean, this is, this is going to be interesting right off the bat. And then you have uh, Tampa Bay and then Boston. So, this is another just gauntlet week but thankfully they're all this is a nice three-game homestand to reset yourself get on home ice figure your stuff out especially now that you're definitely going to be down ryan ellis for at least the next couple of weeks and you see you go from there so how, how are we feeling scott how are you feeling so with this is the way i look at this week the last time we looked at calgary was really just the elias lindholm show he had seven goals nobody had a goal and only one player on the team had a goal and an assist uh, everybody else was scattered about that all changed against the Flyers a few weeks ago when they lost 4 nothing. That team just kind of – that was their wake-up game. Since then, okay, they are – right now they are 8-3-4. and four. Since that win against the Flyers, they've actually been slumping. They've actually won mm. two out of their last – let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Two out of their last seven. Three of their losses came in overtime, okay? So right now they sit at 8-3-4 and four with 20 points, the third in the Pacific. But here's the kicker for me. This is just absolutely stupid. It's just stupid, stupid good. And this is what makes me nervous against a team like the Flyers who are struggling scoring right now. Guess how many shutouts their goaltenders have right now? 
Both of them, you're asking? Combined. Just give me the combined number. Four. Five. Okay, Very that's cool. stupid. That that's that, that's insane. A third of their games, they've played 15 games and a third of them ended in shutout. Jacob Markstrom is four shutouts on the season and daniel vladar has one so have they all been at home though do you know that in front of you have they all I been at home i don't have that stat in front of me no i don't that would be nice if we knew that because if they're probably, are, tell you, just... probably not <laughs> yeah. I, I, you're probably not let's see so uh at no actually a lot of them let's see detroit was on the actually... road pittsburgh oh, no. was on the road the flyers at home the rangers at home and then the last one at Ottawa, which was a couple of days ago. All right, so ago. three of their five have been it. on the road. So that's yep. not good. That So I was I was hoping for a trend if, like, I was a betting – well, I am a betting man. If I'm going on the line, if I wanted to make a bet for this game on, yeah. on DraftKings or something, like, okay, they're not going to get a shutout because the the they have all – most of the shutout. Obviously, I'm wrong on that. So, yeah, I'm not going to be betting that. Here's where I'm looking at with this, though. Okay. Yes, they've had five shutouts between Markstrom and Vladar. Okay. They both have a 933. Markstrom has a 935 save percentage. Dan Vladar has a 933. Both of them sub two goals against average, but Markstrom at 1.81 and Vladar 1.96. But those are padded by shutouts. Let's put it that way. Okay. Yes. Overall, when your goaltenders have five shutouts, they should be playing better, but they're not. They're in a slump right now. So I think it's a prime opportunity for the Flyers to pick up two points for a team that is on, uh, on a road trip right now. You know, yes, they won against Ottawa, but I can shut out Ottawa. That's how bad they are. So uh, <laughs> that's saying something because I've had one shut out my entire life. All right. It was amazing. Um, but I think this is a good opportunity for the Flyers to come in here and rebound. Yes, they've been playing pretty consistently, but I still expect it to be tight. If we're talking like a, if they win, it's one of those 2-1 games, 3-2 games. If they get three pucks past, you know, Vladar, Markstrom will probably be the starter. So that's the way I look at this game. Um, I think they can pull out two points here, but that's going to be a low-scoring affair that a lot of people are going to yawn after. But, hey, those are the types of points you need right now. You get Carter Hart back in that, and if he can hold the fourth down like he did against Carolina the other night, that's where I think those two points come from. Yeah, it's um, nice that it's nice that Carter Hart's going to be playing uh, on Tuesday night, tomorrow night. Uh, I assume he would probably get Tampa, I don't know. I he had, I if I'm not mistaken, he also is, has a really good record against uh Boston. So maybe you give Martin the 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 Thursday night game against Tampa. Thankfully, it's it, there's no back to backs this week up until mm-hmm. uh, until next uh for this week. So I mean, you, you kind of just it's the pick of the litter in terms of who you want to pick in terms of who's in net because. They're both playing out of their minds. Right. They're both, as you said, they're both in the 930s, similar to what Calgary has in their goalies. So this is going to be a, like you said, a low scoring affair tomorrow night, especially, I think. Yeah, I think that with this week, the goaltenders to go, it might be Carter starting all three this week against the Calgary, Tampa, and Boston. And then when you get to add, go down to the Florida thing, that's a, that's a back-to-back. You'd have to see Jones at some point. I think Carter gets four out of the next five here, to be honest with you. I think that's actually yeah. might be the way to look and at it. And that's not a bad thing. Like no, I, think what, I think what we're going to get into this trend of, and especially because now that you have this sample size, you have what eight? Yeah, they played thirteen games. So you thirteen. You have nine games of Carter Hart, if I'm not mistaken. Martin yep. Joseph started four. four so yep. if you have nine games where, yeah, Carter Hart's win loss tie record or overtime loss, whatever you want to call it, uh, record doesn't look great, but it's similar to pitching. The the wins don't tell the full story. You want to look right. at the sample size of the save percentage and the goals against. And I mean. 
nine games is a good sample size of what we should be getting out of Carter Hart. I mean, I think if I'm not mistaken, nine games in last season, he was struggling. And, and so, you know, you can lean on him. I'm glad if that's the case, as you're suggesting that if Carter Hart goes all three games this week, then you give Martin Jones one of the Florida games when you do yep. the Sunshine State tour. Yeah, that's great because you you still have faith. You're showing your faith in Carter Hart and you're also signaling to the flat to the fan base and us. Carter Hart's the guy. We don't have a quote unquote goalie controversy. Not that I'm suggesting there ever was one because there wasn't. But this is this is we're going to start to really see like, oh, yeah, Carter Hart's going to play 50, 55 games. Martin Jones gets in the 30s. And that's how this this is going to shake out for, for this season. Yep. And on uh, the later this week, they also have the Tampa Bay Lightning on the 18th, which I believe is Thursday. Yes. So the Lightning so far are always an enigma this time of year. They're seven, three and three, but they're fourth in the Atlantic, which tells me that their record is pretty solid. Mm-hmm. But offensively they're not quite there they have only scored 39 goals this season which is 23rd out of 32 teams but their goals against is also 39 so again zero goal differential for what they have but that's 10th out of 32 teams now which isn't bad uh they are anchored of course by andre vasileski one of the best goalies in the world right now sporting a 921 save percentage but a 2.31 goals against average tells me that tampa's giving up a decent amount of shots each game and then also i think we might actually see the return of brian elliott this week well, oh, yeah, that's going, right. He's yeah. back up down there now. So yeah. that, that's a very possibility. Steven Stamkos at 31. He's, I can't believe he's only 31 years old. 15 points in 13 I games. Gonna, I feel like I was hearing his name in the 04 season. Obviously, 08, yeah. yeah Obviously, we weren't hearing yeah. him in 04. But I mean, like that's it's one of those guys you're just like, he's been around that he's been long. Around that long. I know. Yeah. It just it just seems like he's been around forever. It just never seems to go away. But he's got 15 points in 30, 13 games. Seven goals, eight assists. Right behind him is Alex Kalorn with seven goals, six assists, and 13 games. And Victor Hedman has 11 points in nine, 13 games also. Braden Point, 10 points, 13 games. So, really, you look at their top two lines, and really they have some scoring there, especially when you play Braden Point and Steven Samkos. Those guys are really good down the middle. Um, Alex Kalorn, another really good center. So, down the middle, they're really strong. Uh, overall, I think with this team, though, I just – the Flyers have never been able to seem to just get over the hump of Tampa for whatever reason. They haven't played them. It's since how they really... play defense. It's been ever yeah. since, like before. Uh, I'm blanking on the coach right now. I'm having a total brain fart. Who their coach is right now for the for the for the Lightning? I don't John know Cooper. Why. John Cooper. Before yeah. even Cooper's era, they always played that. What was it? It was either two three or three two zone coverage, and the Flyers could never. Break it. Are you going to go back to Guy Boucher's one? Yes. Where, where Chris Boucher, was holding the puck and got a penalty for it? Yes. It's one of a those one, things. Three, one. Tampa Bay, it's it's just one of those things where it's like the ghost, the ghost that hangs over your head or that, that it's just a mind-boggling team that you can never figure out no matter who the coach is, no matter who the captain is, no matter who's in net. It's just a struggling team. You struggle against this team no matter what happens because – of the name that they are and not because of how well they play. Right. It's just something with, with how the Flyers play. Well, listen, they have not had a great record against Tampa in quite a few years. Vasilevsky has an extremely great career record against them. I think he's hasn't even, I think he's lost maybe one, two games against the Flyers in his career. But, but I will say this. I think that this is a good opportunity where if they're going to have to 
they're going to have to go in a shootout with Tampa. I mean, and it's like no pun intended. I don't mean an actual like overtime shootout <laughs> thing, but I think that's going to, they're that's going to be a back and forth game. Tampa's just too quick off the rush still. And yes, while they're kind of middling in the middle of their division, it's just a matter of time before they really take off. It's and just, the, and you know the, them offensively. At some point, yeah. they're going to do it. Uh, Vasilevsky's going to find his game even better. That offense is going to go up another tick, and they just find ways to win games. But the Flyers can find a way to beat them. I can see them going into overtime or shootout against the Lightning. So um, the I, good thing I, is, I, yeah. So the, I can see the, that happening this week. The good thing is, we know how we've seen the blueprint of how this team, the, the Flyers, handling teams that are fast. You saw them in Edmonton. You play. You saw them take the body. They put their physicality to to slow down because you're not going to slow down guys like Connor McDavid. You're not going to slow down guys like Stamkos. Mm-hmm. You're not going to slow those guys down. And it's just you. You. Put them, you put them in an uncomfortable position. That's what the recipe for success was in the in the Edmonton game. It's why you won in the third period in in Carolina, and hopefully, it's why, as you said, you can get to an overtime and then just see what happens in a shootout against that. I don't know. Vasilevsky is is a monster. He's, I mean, Carter Hart is up and down in in shootouts, if I'm not mistaken. So you hope that you can sneak one out, especially because well. of Carter Hart's playing well this year. That to, I mean, Tampa hasn't lost in regulation since October 25th. Let's just yeah. put it that way. They, so yeah, they're, exactly. they, 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 the lore losses have come in overtime. So, or, you know, so in the last couple of days, so they won the last one against the Panthers in overtime. They lost the Hurricanes in overtime, all kind of low scoring games. Now they have won five out of their last seven, which is impressive. Um, but you'd see three out of those last four have gone to overtime. So, um, they're a team that they're going to play you down to the wire. That's why I'm thinking of this team that they're going to this 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 has a potential of going to overtime and to possibly a shootout, and you never know what's going to happen there. And then lastly, they have Boston. Just can't quite figure that out either. They're fifth in their division. They're eight and five. They beat the lowly Montreal Canadiens yesterday. I just I I don't know what this team really. Is I just I feel like they're missing a piece, and I'm not talking about Tuka Rest because he's still hurt. I just feel like this isn't the Boston Bruins of years past. They're just mm-hmm. there's something missing from this team. I can't quite put my finger on it. I mean, David Pasternak is is it's Lucic. They're missing but, a guy like Lucic. I mean, Lucic is. I don't even know how Milan Lucic is still in the NHL at this point. Neither do no I, idea. but I mean that's that's a guy that they've been missing. That's why they've had success for over the last couple of years, and now that he's gone. It's kind he's of just gone it, for a couple of years, but they, they got to the final with Adam. I mean, look, I, this whole team, you know, it's all about, Ber, it's about Bergeron and Marchand. I mean, those yeah. two are some of the best players we'll ever see. Honestly, uh, you know, Brad Marchand, you know, he's a little weasel love Brad Marchand <laughs> for some reason, you know, he's got 19 points in 13 games, eight goals, 11 assists, Patrice Bergeron, 36 years old, 13 points in 13 games. Like that guy is just timeless. Yeah. And then you have days Pashnak who's got, Four goals and nine assists in 13 games, 13 points. Charlie McAvoy, who's really, really becoming that top defenseman out there, uh, is uh, 12 points in 13 games. Taylor Hall, a good rebound so far, nine points in 13 games. And then Charlie Quill, always, always a good second kind of line anchor, eight points in 13 games. So they're kind of balanced of where they're at. The problem is just... You never know what you're going to get out of their goaltending. Look, Jeremy Swayman is five and two with a 2.16 goals against average and a 9.14. And then the question mark always have: Why did they sign Landis Allmark to that contract? I don't see what they ever see special in him. A 9.03, a 3.01, and a three and three record on the season. I really hope he's in goal against the Flyers in that because that would be a, a fun one to watch. Because 
And listen, the Flyers tore apart Swayman, who did, who just blanked them in every chance he had last season. I just I feel like Boston always has good goaltending, and I just don't think they're getting it this year for whatever. Nine fourteen is okay. It's not worth Boston. Yeah. Needs. It's no, not too yeah. grass numbers. So for everybody in Boston who was complaining, oh God, too grass. He always does this, that. Well, it's really a big difference when you have a goaltender with a nine fourteen and a nine oh three as opposed to who's habitually in the nine twenties. So yep. um major, major difference there. It, so, I mean, look at the di- just look at the difference now with the Flyers. Just look at Carter Hart yep. as the example. Yep. If we're comparing starter to starter with Tuka Rask and, and Carter Hart, that's the, that's it right there. Yep. And the thing is about the the Bruins too is that they have won three out of four and then they've won five out of their last seven also. So mm-hmm. they're a little bit on the up and up. Same with Tampa. I look at this week as six points available. No reason you should be able to get four of them. You should be able to beat if you drop one to Tampa, okay, fine. But you better beat Boston. If you're gonna beat Calgary, you gotta beat Calgary, you gotta beat Calgary, and you gotta beat you gotta you gotta get four points this week. You gotta do that because you dropped one last week. You gotta make one up this week. So I look at this team. These are winnable games for them. They're not, they're not, they're not outmatched by any means. But they've got to do two things. They've got to stay responsible defensively. They got to start putting the puck in the damn net. I'm not hitting the panic button on the offense yet, but come on, guys. That's it's time to wake up. You're going to get some really strong teams here on defensively. So Boston will probably be the best option. Their their offense to pick back up, but you got to put the puck in the net behind Jacob Markstrom or Dan Vladar. And then you got to get a pass of Andre Vasilevsky. You have a job to do this week. So start scoring some goals, play responsible defensively. You might eke out two one wins, three two wins. Yep. Might be a little bit on the boring side, but you got to bag four points this week. If you don't, you're going to start running the problems. You're going to start falling behind in standings, even with those one, two points that you missed out per week. And as tough as the division this is, six points available, you got to get four. I'd be okay with three, but three's still not good enough. You need four. So the offense has got to wake up to a point where they've got to get against tough defensive teams. All three of them are tough defensively, even though they have their struggles of their own, but they're all playing well lately. So you, you got, you got to bag these points. It's it, You got it. You got to get on the train here and start moving up the standings here a little bit. Yep. And thankfully the standings, because of just how insane these divisions are, especially in the East, obviously in the East, they're right there. I mean, they're one point out of the wild card as we record this, they're at 16 points after this week. Five. They're getting five points out of this. I see an overtime loss or a shootout loss to Tampa. I think they can handle, yes, Tampa, or excuse me, yes, Boston is on the rise, but they handled them pretty well last time out. And that last was on time. the, so I, that was, I and it, it, that was also home. Yes. Okay. So I, I think it was just, it's, it, it's just one of those things where once you get a number and you're spinning, you're leaning on a hot goalie, you, if, it, especially, especially if Carter Hart is getting all three of these games, they can get five points out of this. I, I Carter Hart can steal you a point against Tampa and can lead you to four points between Calgary and Boston. Boston might be an overtime win or a shootout win, but a win is a win. A win is a win and two full points for you uh, in the NHL. And that's all that matters. Yep. So I agree five points. I, right, I'm going with enough. five you're, points. You're, I'm going with four. You're going with five. That's I'm feeling hot on this team. I, I know that I, it was nice that and Kevin Hayes is going to get his first goal. He had his, his he had his first point and assist uh, in Dallas. He's going to start churning a little bit. That's a good sign. It's a good sign that he's already on the second line. You're not throwing. You're not weaning him in to the system and having him for a couple minutes on the third line. No, you just threw him right on the four, on that second line. 
that's a good sign for what they anticipate out of Kevin. I think he gets his first goal, possibly tomorrow night in Calgary or against Calgary. Let's see what happens here. Five full points. That's where I'm going. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all that good stuff. Link is in the bio uh, at Orange and Backcheck, at O Backcheck on Twitter. Uh, again, if you're interested in January to play a pickup hockey game, no skill required, just have some fun with us. Uh, meet us, shake some hands. We'd love to meet you guys. Uh, if you've been listening to this uh, podcast since episode one, or you just start list- started listening last week, shoot us an email, orangeandbackcheck at gmail.com. Sometime in January, we'll figure it out, uh, depending on how many people respond, at orangeandbackcheck at gmail.com. Uh, we will talk to you guys next week. Hey, Bill. Yes. That's my guy. That is my guy right there.